0: Word of the Lord this morning. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Come on, let's give the word of God a hand clap. All right. Praise God. Well, you're going to need to have some apparatus, some instrument to take some notes, because this message is the message you've been waiting for all your life. Amen. Takes a lot of confidence to say that, doesn't it? This is the message you've been waiting for, for all of your life. Praise God. Amen. God is doing some great things in this city. I want to let you know as well, I think on September the 11th, they're having a Praise Fest at the Founders Park. Uh, A good friend of ours, Alex and Sherlene Reese, they're sponsoring this. So that's Friday, September the 11th. It's called Praise Fest. And uh, also they'll be honoring all the first responders, healthcare personnel, and the military. Praise God. So uh, let's pray for those that group of individuals, shall we? Let's let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your hand of protections upon them as they go out every single day, Father, doing what I believe that they believe that you have called them to. Uh, so we pray a blessing upon them as well. We pray for this event and for the upcoming uh, Youth Fire Rally. Uh, we just pray that you continue to lead us and guide us, Lord God. You are the safety, and so we thank you for that. We walk in obedience to that in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. So before we launch you out today, we're going to pray a blessing over our children. And then we're going to do it next Sunday. We're going to do the Sunday after that. All right. So we're not just going to pray for them once, but we're going to take these next three Sundays and pray uh, for our children, because uh, I just believe that this is the year of amazing things that's going to take place for them. Why? Because this message I believe as adults, you're going to be teaching this, not just to your own children, but you're going to first live it, and then you're going to teach it to every single young person that you come in contact with, and so I believe this is this is a word for you. So um, the title for this message is my fourth point that I didn't make in the message of last Sunday, so let me give you that, and I'm going to back up. So the title, for those who are taking notes, and again, thank you for those who are joining us online, it's confidence. God's calling on your life. Confidence. God's calling on your life. Now, the Holy Spirit is gonna break down some mindsets that you've had, and it's going to be okay. Someone say it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does best, okay? It is okay. You are a believer. How many know you're being conformed to the image of Christ daily? Well, that's at least a goal, right? So allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does best. And so when we look at this word confidence, it is not only the word that God has given me in this moment for this body of believers. It is also a word that he's given to me personally. And so in Hebrews chapter number 10, let's go there, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 10. And we'll look at verse 35 to verse 39. Now, this text is the summarization or it summarizes the totality of the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, as the author is considered by different people, uh, we do know that the writer of Hebrews was writing to a Christian community. And so this message, someone said, it's for me. It's for me. It's not for the person beside you. It's for me. It's for me personally. And so, and so the writer is, is writing, uh, the writer of Hebrews to a Christian community. It's a community of people who made a decision. Write that down. Made a decision. See, some of the things that you're facing is because of the decision you made. Positive or negative? It's a decision that you made. And so God's call on your life then is how to get a decision to line up with destiny. That's what it's about. God's call is how to make a decision that lines up with destiny. My God, if we're able to know without a doubt that every decision, science says you get about 35,000 thoughts a day, that you got to make a decision which... Thought do I give heed to, and which one do I ignore? And so the writer of Hebrew is saying that you're bombarded not just with decisions, but you got some pressures on you to make decisions. It's one thing to make a decision when everything is great. It's another thing to maintain a decision of integrity when there's temptations around you. So the writer here is saying that I've got to teach you how to be strong in the bad so that when the good comes, you know how to party. Come on. Come on. And so for me personally, when I come out of a storm, I love a party. I love people and I love to pate. You know what I mean? So so for me, celebrating my 50th birthday and it being a party, God knows me so well. He said, if you want to have a happy pastor, come on. Throw him a party. Come on. I mean, the angels rejoiced when I got saved. I don't know about you all, but when I got saved, the angels rejoiced. And of course, they rejoiced when you got saved. That's Bible. So why don't we party more than what we do? We pout more than we party. And so because we're making decisions, not lined up with destiny. And so for me, I want to live from a place of destiny. Hence... The theme for this September is Awaken to Destiny. And so the writer of Hebrews is is, is saying this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to verse 39. He says, therefore, so he's brought us through chapter 1 all the way to chapter 9. And he's given us some instructions. And the main theme, ready for this, is Jesus. The, The main character is Jesus. Let's get that established. The main person, the main thing to keep the main thing, the main thing, it's about Jesus. And so he explains this concept of Jesus and Moses. I said earlier that the Holy Spirit by design is going to radically shift you. And so he has to shift you because just like the people in the book of Hebrews, there was this battle between my old way of thinking and all I know and this newness that brings life. One is the letter that kills, but at least I know the pain. Now you want me to step into this new arena with seeing the invisible. At least over here I can see with my natural eyes what's going on to make decisions. But now you are challenging me to look over here to make decisions with the invisible. Therefore, he then states... He says, after everything I've taught you, after everything you've gone through, TGP, after everything that's happened to you, he says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Why? Which has a great reward. Oh man, it's like the it's like when you find something and you return it, they give you a reward. Um, that that that's awesome. But but this reward is, and not only does it speak of reward in heaven, there's also some earthly rewards as well. And then he gives a reason for why we exist. He gives a reason for why we shouldn't waste a crisis. Write that down. Someone said that you should never waste a crisis. There's an author's name is Keith Johnson, and he has a book. I love the title of it. And it says, what we call a crisis, God calls a classroom. I said, ooh, that's good. That's good, that's good, that's good. And so when we're facing, whether it's a financial crisis, an identity crisis, a health crisis, whatever that crisis is, he says, the reason why you shouldn't throw in your confidence is because you have need of endurance. Here is why. So that when you've done the will of God, the will of God is when decision lines up with destiny. Now we can break that down and talk about the sovereignty of God and the permissive will and, and, you know, and, 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 uh, the will, God's perfect will. We can break it down if we want to go deeper in that, but at its surface level, at the level of which you and I at least needs to grasp, it's this, is my decision lined up with destiny? So when it comes to finance, when I make this purchase, does it line up with destiny? Are you following me so far? Are you tracking with me? because he's saying in order to do that you need endurance you need to be in shape spiritually so that when you've done what the will of god you may receive what is promised so we have a double connection here not only if i don't throw in my confidence i get a reward god is saying i'm not finished yet you see you have to understand that when you got saved that was just the first door That there's so many other doors that God has for you. There's so many blessings. How many want everything that God has for you? Come on. I know I do. I'm putting up both hands at my feet. Come on. I want everything that God has for me. The devil doesn't ask you when he brings turmoil in your life. He just pours it on. (laughs) At least God says, do you want more of me? (laughs) At least he's a gentleman. Come on. The devil's so rude. Just come and invade your space. Just take over your mind. Didn't even ask you if you want peace in your mind. He just takes it over and brings chaos and crisis. At least the Lord says, do you want peace? (laughs) Do you want joy? Do you want, uh, you know, abundance? And so he says, when you've done the will of God, that is the crucial thing right there. That is the major thing. If there's one thing that every counseling situation, every coach's situation, if there's one thing in your life and in my life, when it comes to who you marry, when it comes to who you date, when it comes to where you buy a house, where it comes to everything, it all boils down. Am I right? To the will of God. So this morning, you're going to be able to say with confidence, every decision that I make lines me up with destiny. Pastor, but you don't know my life. I don't know your life, but I know the one who gives life. I know the one who gives life, and I know the one who gives life wants to make sure that every decision you make lines up with destiny. And that's why parenting a child is so important because what we're saying and what we're pleading with them and what we're begging them to say is please make decisions. That lines you up with destiny. God, as a nation, we got to be careful because we got to make decisions. Come on. That lines up with destiny. Let me throw this out and get out of the way. Come on. You know what I mean? Every election is about that. I'll throw it out, then I'll leave it. So we've got to line up with destiny. So every decision we make must line up with destiny. Because what we're seeking is not a party. We're seeking the will of God for this nation. Can I get somebody to say yes, preach, pastor, or preach? So therefore, it's the will of God. Because we want to receive what is promised. What is promised. And now he says this. Why the urgency of it? I could just stay on this verse right here. My God, this thing is so potent. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. So what he's saying is this. The one who has departed, the invisible one that we talked about, Jesus, the one that you didn't have the privilege, didn't have the honor of seeing this Jesus who's still alive, the one in Luke who says, why stare you up in the gaze, looking up in the clouds? He says, this same Jesus... Not some manufactured one. Come on, the same Jesus. Come on, come on. The, the same Jesus. He's coming back again. So though there is a delay, it's not a denial of your destiny. He says, the reason why there's a delay, you ready for this? Is so that God, who is so rich in mercy, it is not his will that any should perish, but all should come unto repentance. So his delay is giving people opportunity to make decisions that lines up with destiny. Come on, you. someone's got to give God a praise break. Because before you knew Jesus, if you had came back when you were out of alignment, you would have been going to hell. But thank God, he delayed so you and I can make a decision that lines up with destiny. That's why I don't got a big ba- major band for me to praise God. I don't need nobody else when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done. I wish I had a church this morning who made a decision to line up with destiny. My God, I got to praise him here. He delayed it. Come on even though john says even so come lord jesus says, no you're selfish pray that people will come to know me as lord and savior we got children who needs to know the lord god almighty come on i know it looks dark out there but my daughter my son needs to see the light get a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay Uh uh-huh he won't delay he won't delay. No, he's coming. He's coming. We gotta to go to all the nations and preach this gospel. Come on, we know we we, we gotta to preach to people who made bad decisions to let them know it is not over. He's still delaying. Come on, because it is not his will. Are you hearing me now? It is not God's will. I don't know God's will. Now you do. It is not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Come back to destiny come back to the garden where we used to commune together come back to the place where you and i used to talk and have connection thank god but he won't delay forever he is coming the signs are evident trust me this is just birth pains that's all this is if it was a judgment of god trust me y'all be a lot more terrified can I preach this thing? So when the world is shaking, you ought to not be shaking because you're saying this is it. You ain't seen nothing yet. If you think this is messing up and disrupting your life. Oh my goodness. Be Pharaoh when he came down to Egypt. Come on. somebody, And he said the now will turn into blood and uh, come on and all the locusts and all those different things that were taking place. This is nothing compared to what happened in the Bible. But there is a judgment coming. And he says that I am coming back. And I came first as a gentle savior riding on a colt that's never been written before. I came as a gentle king. But I'm coming back with a sword next time. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to bring judgment. Because one thing about God is this. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And in verse 38, he singles out now and he says, Okay, here's the deal. Here are the people who are making decisions who line up with destiny. And he said, But my righteous one shall live how? By faith. Because he's about to go to Hebrews 11. He, 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 he's about to go back into their history, not their past. If there's one thing that you want to get from Pastor O is this know the difference between your past and your history. Because the enemy wants us to live in our past. And not see God at work in our His story. And so what happens is this, He says, listen, the righteous one shall live by faith. They should live by faith. And so He goes into Hebrews 11, the next chapter, and see, even though the original Bible didn't have chapters and verses, we can see the thought that the writer of Hebrew is saying he is, I gotta get you to the secure place called faith. I gotta move you. Someone say faith. faith. Cause without faith, it is impossible to please who? God, for he that believes God exists, he rewards those who believe him. So he's saying, I couldn't start with faith at chapter one. Because you may be more cemented in your faith in Moses than in Christ. So he deals with the roadblock. He deals with the thought. And that's how God works in your life. Because to make a decision, you have to eliminate all the other distracting things around you. You got to put them in perspective. Cost analogy. Uh, excuse, me, excuse me, looking at the cost. And so when you look at the cost, then you're going to be able to is it worth the payment of that cost? Because even though Christ came to take away the curse, what it doesn't take away is the consequences of your decision. So a miracle then is God intervened in a law he established to restore it back to the way he sighed. And so the reason why we get sick is because of sin. Follow me with this. And so therefore if we mismanage how we process things, the consequence of that is sickness. It doesn't take away that whether you're saved or not because that's spiritual. But he does say in the soul and the body that there are consequences, not curse, consequences. So that's why when we preach about healing, we are speaking not to a natural reality, we're speaking to a supernatural reality because we already know that the consequence of sin is to destroy the body. So the reason why people don't speak about healing is because all they see is the natural but because you are the righteous and you live by faith, I have to react, I have to have response in the spiritual realm of which I exist. So you want, watch this, righteous people to hang out with you. Because they'll speak the language of faith that you need. And so righteous people by faith will then come to you and say what decisions you have to make. And they will say, well, let's process it together because the Bible says in counsel, there is safety. Hence, safe people create safe environments. Because my decision connects with destiny. So therefore, it would employ me to go and ask somebody, hey, help me process this decision. Why? Because you're righteous. Because I have the tendency in my flesh to make decisions that brings consequences. For example, should I purchase this house? For example, should I start this business? Let's come in together in what we call community and let's process this decision together. Because if you love me, like the Bible says, come on, then you want what's best for me. You want the will of God for my life. Hence, that's how you have relationships. Relationships are based upon destiny. And so, therefore, then, I need you in my life. And so, that's why the enemy comes in and brings division. Not different of opinions. We need those, because you're different. We welcome different of opinions. Come on. That's what makes a healthy relationship, because I have to see from your perspective. So, we welcome different of opinions. And we also, at times, will have disagreements. But what we don't want to do is to get to the place where we have division and discord because that's where the devil lives. And so what happens is this, because we don't recognize what it means to do the will of God and we don't recognize destiny, we then go into the realm where the enemy says, I'm lurking, can I teach this thing? That's why in Genesis chapter number 3, he shows up and he calls division. He didn't say, oh, do what God said. He caused division. And if Adam would have opened his mouth, come on, and would have said, who gave that to you? Oh, come on, somebody. We can't blame the ladies. Come on. If Adam would have opened up his mouth, come on. That's a great place for you ladies to give you a hand clap right there. If Adam would have opened up his mouth and says, girlfriend, I know you're fine. Because I call you, whoa, man. Come on. But I got to ask you one question. Come on. Who have you been talking to? Ooh, come on. I saw this funny post. It was so funny. It was like, how to know the door for the ladies' restroom and the men's restroom. And, and the men just had like one word, like my, or something like that. And the ladies have it all over the door. You know what I mean? It's like, if you want just one conversation, go here. If you have multiple conversations, go in here. Because ladies love to talk. They do. Not all ladies. I'm the exception to, right? I like to talk. It's part of my profession. But the point I'm saying is that when a man goes to the restaurant, it's strictly do business. That's it. You guys can go for multiple reasons. And so here it is now that the best way, listen to me, this is free advice, ladies. This is free advice. Listen, before I knew Jesus, let me preface it. That. This is before I knew Jesus. I'm going to take a drink of water because I'm about to say something that... Ah. So before I knew Jesus and before the love of my life walked into my life and I made decisions for destiny. This is before all that. One of the easiest ways. Simplest ways that I was able to access a lady would just get her to talk. I mean, she'd be talking. I'm doing something else and she's still talking. And I would just ask the question. They'd be talking. And as long as they thought I was talking, oh, man, it was awesome. I said, that's all it takes. It's to literally have you keep talking. That's it, ladies. Trust me on this one. I got my boys who were telling me we knew just get them to talk and i told you everything because ladies just want someone to talk to. And so the enemy goes after the lady because, you knows if I get her to just to just talk. And so it takes a righteous man to come and say, now, who have you been talking to? Come on, because I know your value. The Lord dropped this in my spirit. He says, Ro, you got to deal with the lies in your head before they get to you lies in your heart. Oh, write that down. That is so good right there. That's so good. I'm like, so the battle, because see, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Lies will penetrate into your head. They will. It's called temptations. They're going to be there, men. Ladies, they're going to be there. Trust me, even right now. Lies. But you got. I have to be able to look and say, how do we have the confidence? How are we able then to be able to look at it and to say, let we won't allow the lie to get to our heart, and that's where the battle comes in. And so that's when making decisions is so important, because he says again in verse thirty-eight, he said, if you shrink back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse thirty-nine. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve uh, their souls. So this this message called confidence god's calling on your life it's all about god it's about you and i making decisions to destiny but it's all about god someone says all about god now now when you look at the first one the character of god right confidence the character of god we see that god is consistent and god doesn't lie that's the first thing so most people believe god exists he doesn't lie majority people in america they believe that god exists It's very, very rare to find an atheist. Though they exist, it's very rare. It doesn't make any logical sense. Philosophically, maybe. But logically, doesn't make any sense. You can't look at creation and not at least get a general revelation that there's some creator out there. You may not want to acknowledge the personal Yahweh, but there's got to be some creator out there. The world is too beautiful. And and, and the laws. I mean, I'm talking about if the sun was a little bit, excuse me, the earth was a little bit close to the sun, we'd burn up. A little bit further away, we would freeze. There's got to be a creator, come on, that puts it smack dab right where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing we have to look at then is the call of God. And when you're speaking to your young people or to yourself or you have to make a decision, you've got to go back to how do I get this confidence? It's got to go back to the character of God. And that's what the writer of Hebrew was saying right here. He said, don't throw away your confidence. Look at the character of God. That's the first thing. And so when you look at the character of God, it moves you then into this place of where you have to look at, ready for this? Life events. Now, life, as you and I know it, is not just the inhale, exhale of oxygen. That's physical life. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. And so when we talk about this concept of of understanding and having confidence in the character of God, we have to understand that life is. Event. So in other words, when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what was that? Was that a scheduled event or was that a created event? And so even if you have a date when you gave your heart to Jesus, when you truly looked and you acknowledged the character of God and you had confidence, whether to bow your head where you were or whether you were at a hotel or wherever you were, wherever you were, that moment you said, Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you died for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I believe you ascended to heaven. When you made that confession, at that moment, you are saved. Decision lines up with destiny. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And so, what we get afraid of is talking about, ready for this? Eternal security. We confuse with one save, always save. Come on. Come on. And we make Calvin and Arminian mess up our theology. Those are just names that we attribute to a theology. Oh, I'm teaching somebody. And so what happens is we go to one camp and we lose out and we go to this one camp that says every time you come, you got to make another decision to destiny. I may have messed up today. Who can live like that? If you got lies bombarding your head every single time that's trying to get to your heart, you're always going to believe what's in your head before it gets to your heart. Come on. How many people really know who you are? Very few people. Even married people. They don't really know who you are. Because to give the issues of the heart requires vulnerability. And forget that because life's events have caused my heart to be callous. And so you can have a scheduled anniversary but totally missed the create event of marriage. But in salvation, you get both. Good God Almighty. In the character of God, he gives you both a scheduled event that you can remember to give him praise. And he gives you, come on, a creative event that's beyond your ability to comprehend his love. So you will never run out of the love of God if you see it was a creative event. But you praise him in the schedule event, wherever you are. And so because of that, now you look at the character of God. And so therefore, when a lie comes into my being, what I do is I push it out by saying the character of God is more valuable. And so confidence is built this way. Confidence, ready for this? Write this down. Confidence is received. Confidence is received because you know the character of God. Mm. So good. So good. So people get all messed up with this. once And so the other side is this. I can live anywhere I want to. Because I know i got my fire insurance. The devil is a liar. So you got one side who's terrified of making a decision. And you got another one who don't make decisions. Because it's over. And the enemy goes, I love it. I've got them so confused. Because they don't know God's calling on their life. And it happens because we don't know the character of God. Listen, the gospel is good news. The only reason why it's offensive, it's offensive to your flesh, not your faith. The gospel's only offensive to your flesh. We don't like you anyways. Listen, your flesh doesn't want to die. I promise you, don't do this. Just an illustration. But if you go up on a building, a 10-story building, and you jump, your body is going to be doing this. Why are you killing me? <laughs> Because it doesn't want to die. And so when we look at the scriptures and we recognize that, that when the gospel comes in, it's offensive because it's a sword. Come on, young people. And it's cutting away all those things in your life. It's cutting away those things that happen in your life. It's cutting away the lies that you believe, whether for popularity or for power. It's cutting away. And so the more you read the word of God, the more he cuts away. That's why when you read your Bible, you fall asleep. That's why you don't want to do spiritual stuff. Why? Because it's easier to appeal to the flesh than the spirit. Because the lies in our heads keep us away. And so when we take a look at this, it's the character of God. And so what happens is when I first got saved, I saw people every second coming to the altar. And it wasn't because they wanted to be transformed. They weren't sure. They had no assurance. And then other people who I met from the other camp and they'd be living like they were from hell. Come on. Because they had their fire insurance on. I checked out the box and neither one of these camps is where we're supposed to land. And so the writer of Hebrew says, you can't, you can't live in either one of these because neither one of those have life. And so it says the life event is this, is that the day that you gave your heart to Christ, here's what the Bible says, he was slain from the foundation of the earth. That's why it's a creative event that you embrace now at a scheduled time. And that's why if you want to know how to keep your life safe and how to live righteous, you live balanced. Come on, you live biblically balance you recognize that i made a decision at this particular date but it was already done for me back at this date so i don't want to lose the will of god for my life so i stay right here biblically foundational and balance in faith and that makes you attractive come on that makes you someone great to marry come on that makes someone great to be in business with it makes you great to change this world. It makes it amazing as a parent is when you can be biblically balanced because when life hits you, come on, when the enemy brings chaos, you are not shaken, come on, and you are not moved when you could be consistent. You could be consistent. So one of the things that I enjoyed about reading every letter that was written to me, Megan said there was a consistency there. You love God. And I said, yeah, baby, that's all I know. That's all I know. When I tell you about my dad, it's not because I'm a victim. I'm telling you because it's victory. I don't tell you the story because I'm a victim. No, I tell you the story because the devil will bring it up in my head every now and then. When you don't know, when you're talking to me, the devil is putting lies in my head. Come on. So I've got to remind the devil, I'm not a victim anymore. I'm a victor. And though I got scars to prove it. My scars are marks of victory. Come on, somebody. You can't see it, but right here there's a there's a scar. I was I was run up and down. So this hand, I was run up and down, wrong hand it was on this hand. And I run up and down these steps, and my mom says, You better stop doing that because you're gonna fall. And I'm like, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm an athlete. Drop the step. I'd run back down the step again. I don't know if it was prophecy she did or something. But I tripped and I fell down. And it it healed, praise God. But I'll never forget. And now I walk up the steps. Come on, somebody. It doesn't mean I don't move anymore. Come on. Because I don't want to be safe and be stuck. It just means when I approach this again, come on. woo. I don't remember my past. I look at the scar and I remember his history. He healed me. So now I go up like this as a victor. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got scars. We do. But don't let the enemy cause those scars to keep you trapped. And and so the character of God, and we looked at that. Then we looked at the highs and lows of life. And and the highs and the lows of life, it moves us life events now to life experiences. This is how life works. It's like this. It goes up and it goes down. There's hills and then there's valleys. There's mountains and there's peaks. That's how life is. Life treats like this. And so you need to have something consistent. And so, so confidence in the highs and lows of life is because of life experiences. Now, this is where most people are. And I'm going to switch. This is where most of us land. Th- th- this, is, this is what fills majority of churches. Right here. This is where we are right now in 2020. It's right here. Is our confidence ready for this? It's at work to fill your life. That's where we are. The Holy Spirit now is at work to fill your life because here's the deal. Because the majority of individuals were either empty or were making excuses. So how do I make a decision to destiny when I'm empty? You can't. I can't give you anymore. I'm depleted. You can't ask that of me. So if God comes down and says, Hey, I want you to do this, God, don't you know I'm empty? I'm empty because I spent my time dealing with these things. And this is where Moses was. Because remember, they had to break down and had to let them know, listen, Moses was great, but there's someone better. And Moses now gets to this place. Watch this now. Look at the life of Moses. Moses had an emotional up and down. Come on. Moses' life, he, he was saying, God, what are you doing? He, he's born, then he's hidden. And then he's released again. And then he's this again. And then Pharaoh raised him. Then Pharaoh's daughter raised him. And then this happens. Then that happened. Moses like, I'm done! I'm empty, and I'm going to make excuses. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm still working on you, Moses. Oh, God. The Holy Spirit says, I'm still working on you, Moses. And it's at this point now, ready for this? This is where we are. It's our emotional life. Our emotions are the culprit. Come on. And so it depends on what mood I'm in that day, whether I'll line up with decisions. And so if you make a decision when you're hungry, you're angry. Come on. (laughs) And it's interesting because in marketing, what they do is this. And they tell you, never go shopping when you're hungry because then you buy up all the stuff you don't need. (laughs) You're hungry. (laughs) It's natural. Feed me. But we're saving. No, I'm hungry now. And so what happens is we can't make decisions when we're empty or when we have excuses. And so when we make excuses, we settle. Come on. And when we are empty, we starve. What am I talking about, preacher? I'm talking about this. It's about the will of God. It's about the will of God. And so let me get to my point, and this is the last one. This is it right here. And we got full circle. We came full circle. So God's calling for your life. And and there are five things, right? Here are five things that happen. When you're ready for this, encounter life. Here are the five things. I'm going to let you go after this. This is why praise and worship is to accomplish these five things. Trust me. Your prayer life needs these five things. You make a decision, it's in, because of these five things. Don't make a decision until you've actually have encountered life. If you don't do that, you will make a decision that might be hit or miss. It's these five things that we see with Moses. Because remember, confidence, the work of the Holy Spirit, was to fill his life. And so God says, Moses, I'm not done with you. I know your mom hid you for three months. I know you had to be, you know, put in a basket. I know that Pharaoh's daughter got you. I know that you tried to kill somebody or you did kill somebody. Come on, I know your past, but I have your history, Moses. He says, Moses, you need to free a nation. And God is saying, I don't change my mind. From the moment I told your parents, this is what I have for you. Most, I'm not changing my mind. You can run, you can hide, but you can't get away from God's calling on your life. It's not your calling, it's God's calling on your life. It's not your career, it's God's calling on your life. It's when God says, I have absolutely arrested you, that you belong to me. The devil don't want you, hell can't have you, come on, somebody, and you're miserable. And it's the worst thing to marry a Jonah. It's the worst thing to be on a ship with a Jonah. You're wondering why we're losing cargo because somebody's not lined up with the will of God. Someone's running from God and God says, I'm too committed. I'm married to the backslide of the Bible says, and I'm coming after you. You don't know the story, how your parents pushed you out. and you think that you have the ability to make decisions that can mess against my will? The Bible says the calling and the gifts of God are irrevocable. I don't care what it looks like. There are people with faith that can bring it to pass in your life. Here are the five things. The first thing we see in the life of Moses, this is in, in Exodus 3 and 4, the first thing we see is God's presence. The first thing is always God's presence. Why is it hard to pray? You're praying without God's presence. Why is it God's presence? His presence is everywhere. Make sure God's presence is there. It's God's presence. So when we come together to worship, it's not about singing. It's not to see how cute Richie looks. It's not to see how cute Danny looks. It's not to see how cute Cory looks. It's not even to see me do the air drums, come on, and the air guitar. That's not what it is. The whole purpose of coming together is for God's presence to be together because I'm with people. Listen, if you're not going to praise God, I might as well stay home. But if we're going to put gas in our car, if we're going to drive an hour to come here, I might as well give God praise. And I might as well have people that are praising God because you don't know the decisions that I got to make. The devil is telling me to take my life and I need someone who can praise God with me for God's presence to come up. God's presence. He you can make a decision yet? No, not yet. His presence is not here. Okay, let's keep going. Can, no, no. His presence is not here yet. One second. We got to wait. Let's wait for his presence. Let's wait for his presence. The second thing ready for this is God's promise. It's God's promise. And so he said to Moses, he goes, Moses, listen, there's a promise that I gave, not to you, but to your forefathers. There's a promise. Listen, there is something you carry that's not for you. Oh, man, I wish someone would believe that. There is something that God wants you to do that's not about you. Can we ever get to that place? We're not full of ourselves. See, there's a reason to be empty, but not that kind of empty. We call it surrender. We call it Hunger. Hunger for things of God. So there's a promise. There's something that you have ready for this. There's something that you have that I need. So as a pastor, we know the conditions of our flock. And that's why I love it when I meet with you. Because I'm saying, come on, talk to me. Talk to me. Because as you're talking, I'm not just counseling. I'm listening. I'm listening. Because because in the midst of your conversation, in the midst of what you're saying, God is going to reveal a promise. A promise. So God's presence, God's promise. Ready for this? God's power. This is where you see the power down. You can't have God's power without God's presence. You'll abuse it. Oh. If you try to have power without presence, you won't know who's in charge. Come on. And so we have people who just look, God, I just want the power. I just want the power. And God said, you don't even know my presence. No, you got you, you to have that. You have to have his presence. This is how it works. So I'm a dad. I step into the room. All three of these show up when Lizzie and Danny sees me. Well, now just Lizzie. And that's to blame. Right? Because we launched her and now she's, biblically, she, she, she's gone. Under Blaine's authority. So listen, this is what you carry. So when you step into the room, what? Your presence, your promise, and you have power. Come on. And so your child says, can you help me make this decision, please? Oh, good God Almighty. This is so good. So good, because that's how God treats you. That's how God treats me. And so because we live this way now, we can be of use. We are available because we recognize your destiny is so amazing. And then, ready for this? God's performance. God's performance. God's performance. Now God shows off and shows up. And finally, after you have these four, here is where you get to God's purpose. To God's purpose. Now, when you look at this word purpose, not in the New Testament, you look at the word purpose in the Old Testament, it is an interesting word. The, the, the word purpose comes from the word showbread. It actually means that there was an element, there was, there, there was a table of which you put these, these, these bread that was on there, and they actually called it the bread of presence. It's called the bread of presence. Follow my, my train of thought. So, purpose takes you back to his presence. Oh God. So, I started with his presence. And now I make a decision that lines up with destiny wherever I find myself, back in his presence. And so because I'm in his presence, I have confidence to make this decision because it lines up with destiny. So the enemy fights us in every single one of these areas right here, right here. And we call this life encounter, life encounter. So, pastor, you told us all that last 46 minutes. What's the big deal? Thank you for asking. This is the big deal. Here is where we are right now. This is why I'm saying this is going to be the greatest message you've ever heard. This is where we are right now. I believe the Holy Spirit has prophetically told me this. He says, "Raul, most people are living in the encounter phase, but they've never embraced their life's calling. They want the encounter, but they've never embraced life's calling. And so today, you're going to embrace it. Today, you're going to say, I'm not, I didn't just make a decision, whatever, and I got saved, I'm going to now embrace God's calling on my life. That's what's missing. Come on, that's what's missing. So listen, deal with the first part, life's event, give your heart to Jesus. But I'm looking around here, and if you don't know Jesus Christ, right now is the moment to have that schedule event match the life event that happened, excuse me, the create event that happened in your life. But this song that we sang earlier today, we're going to sing this one again. And so here's the deal. Here is what I'm asking. Here's what I'm I'm I'm, I'm begging you. This is where I'm at in my in my fifties. This is such. I told Meg. I said, Babe, this is my first time preaching in my fifties. Come on, somebody. See how I spent my day was I began the morning and, and Megan had a gift for me and she gave it to me. It was a bracelet. And um, I opened it up. And I first just thought it was just a box. I'm like, oh, this is cute. I'm like, "Maybe with love. Okay, you know what I mean? And she goes, open it. There's a message right there. God has given you a box. And you look you like, that's it? Open it. Come on, somebody. Come on. You want to know God's will for your life? Come on, open it. And I opened it up. And there was this bracelet that said, confident. And at that moment, I said, I don't care. I don't care what the devil tried to tell me yesterday. My woman, come on, told me. My wife told me, you are confident. Yeah, hey, come on, somebody. I said, babe. I start to cry. I said, you've been listening. She goes, yes. You're confident. And I start to cry, Josephine. And I hugged her and I am cried because I'm like, thank you. And what God was saying, embrace it, Rowan. Come on. In your 40s, you encountered me. In your 30s, you encountered me. You've always wanted to encounter me. But this is your 50s. Embrace the call of God on your life. Ah, God Almighty. Hey! Embrace it. That's a prophesying to somebody right now. Embrace the call of God. Pastor, I'm afraid. I know. But embrace the call of God on your life. So, so I'm wearing it. And then I said, okay, baby, I'm going to go to the park. Not the forest, the park. I don't do the forest. I'm scared. I, I do the park. <laughs> and I was walking this path and it looked like it was going to too many bushes. I'm like, nope, let me turn it right back around and. Come back over here. And this lady is walking. This lady's walking. And I looked at her and she looked at me. And she said this. You have a nice bald head. I said, Yes, I do. She goes, but my husband, he's bald as well. And man, he looks gracious. But 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 you're you're you have a nice bald head. And she said this. I don't know why I said that. I go, I know why. I'm confident. Come on, somebody. I'm confident. Ten years ago, that may have messed me up. But not in my fifties, baby. I got my bracelet that says I'm confident. Someone talking crazy? Confident. Devil tells me a lie. Confident, come on. I'm embracing the call of God in my life, and I'm here to tell you there's somebody here. I'm trying to stop with somebody here. You're still fighting with this message that you don't want to open the package that God has given to you. You're tossing, you're turning, you're making crazy thoughts right now. But if you will come to terms with God's love for your life and say, You're confident. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Whatever head everybody's eyes closed. I was going to tell you. What it means to embrace God's call, but He says, Don't don't do it. Don't do it. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe next week I'll break it down. Yeah, I'll do it next week. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Go ahead, Richard, just sing that song, and then we're gonna respond right now. Your hand raised is gonna indicate I'm open to embrace the call of God on my life. Because I belong to you, Jesus.
1: Come on, sing it. Take what I have, change who I am. Sing it. I belong to you. Greater is He. Come on, just 60 more seconds. If you gotta stand to your feet, go ahead. But I'm making decisions for my destiny. Are you who's in? Then He who's in the world, the words You have spoken, a song.
0: You to do, I'm going to launch you, excuse me, to do is this. What I start to do, because it's hard to pray at times. It really is. It's really hard to pray at times. And when I looked at these things, God says, make this be your prayer format. Just wait in my presence say, God, I thank you for your presence. Don't rush. Just God, I thank you for your presence. I've got to make a decision this morning. I've got to make a decision with this business. I've got to make a decision with this outcome. i got to make a decision about this person. I've got to make a decision about this. So I just wait in your presence. Wait in his presence. And then just acknowledge his promise. Find a scripture and pray that scripture. Lord, you said all good things will work out for my favor. And you go for his power. Lord, give me the strength to align with what you're doing. And God, I'm going to watch you perform. I'm going to watch the Holy Spirit perform. And now I'm with anticipation that God is performing that which he said in my life. And then the purpose of God is revealed to me. This works because it's biblical. And because it's balanced faith. This works. So I want to encourage you today. In your decisions that line up with destiny say, I'm confident in God's calling on my life. Let me pray for you. Let me pray with you. Someone needs to be open. Come on, you got to open it. God has given you stuff. Open it. Open it. Open it. Open it. Open it. Open it. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the gift that you're given. First, the gift of salvation. I thank you, Lord God. For this new season in my life and the new season in the life of this church we will be people of confidence because we know the will of God for our lives and they won't worry about the lies that are in our heads we will take those captive come on so they can not enter our heart we honor you and we praise you in Jesus name amen Amen. One more time. Just shout so the devil can hear. I am confident. Come on, come on, come on. I am
1: confident.